0: Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert.
1: Dr. Sherry Hansen completed her Ph.D. in social work in 2009, specializing in women and child abuse. She has worked in welfare, welfare settings, both Jewish and others, where she consults on policy prevention and management of abuse issues. Sherry has recently returned from Israel, where she attended the Nahum Goldman Fellowship. This prestigious coming together of up-and-coming Jewish leaders around the world takes place under the auspices of the Memorial Foundation for Jewish Culture. And we are very proud of the fact that our very own Marlene Bethlehem is currently the president of the organization. Sherry, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Sherry, sh- shall we start with an Nahum Goldman um, Fellowship? It is, as I said, very prestigious. What does one have to be or do to be nominated for this?
0: I think mainly it is the development of uh, social leadership within the Jewish community. So if people are working in whichever way, voluntary or other, in the community, then they would most certainly benefit from being part of such a fellowship. And, of course, the
1: age is the most important thing because Nahum Goldman is specifically looking for young people. So anybody over, I think, probably 40 or 45... There and thereabouts. There and thereabouts is is no longer legible. And you do work in the community. You have the job of looking after women and children. What is the current situation of women and child abuse within our community?
0: Well, the Jewish community is a community like any other. So our statistics of um, women and child abuse are very similar to what we would see in a secular community. And one of the reasons why I went on the Nachum Goldman Fellowship was to see what other people are doing in their communities all over the world. And sadly, this is a phenomenon that is not particular to our community, but is most certainly on the rise. Within the Jewish community? Within the Jewish community. Um,
1: firstly, South Africa has a particularly high rate of women and child abuse. Um, the story in the news earlier on just indicates how how desperate people are, firstly, in terms of raising children. But also, obviously, I mean, the, the assault on women in South Africa today is at an alarming Proportion is that reflected within our own South African Jewish community as well, or are we just more like everybody else?
0: I think that there are a number of things in the Jewish community that one would imagine protects us from uh, the phenomenon of abuse. So we have a high, we place high value on family values, and we are very insular in our communities. We look after our children. We we have all the things that we think would be protective factors, but sometimes those things are the very Issues that keep us from um, being abused, from the abuse coming out into the open. So, people, we are guided by um, the Torah, and we are very anxious about, particularly post the Holocaust, about reporting people outside of our Jewish community. So, a lot of the time, what happens is we try and manage abuse inside our community without following the letter of the law and the law of the land, which we all governed by. And it lands up protecting the abuser and not the victims. Right. So you're saying
1: that it's happening just as much as is in our society, but we tend to, for whatever reason, not want to air our dirty laundry in public.
0: Absolutely. And that's not something that's particular to the Jewish community. We see that in all um, groupings. So the Muslim community try to keep it within the Muslim community and the Catholics like to keep it within the Catholic community. But the, the reality is that it is a phenomenon that happens throughout, um, all the different communities.
1: And Sherry, um, in terms of uh, the support groups we have, I know I've had, for example, Kaleanu in the studio before over the past years. Do we have structures that people within the community can go to?
0: I think there are certainly, there's more of an awareness and because there's more of an awareness, people are trying to formulate their own structures. But I think we are in the infancy of formulating policy and um, procedure around what happens when someone is abused by a bar by mitzvah teacher, by a school teacher, by a fellow child, which is which is sadly a phenomenon that's also growing enormously where children abuse other children. So um we are we are definitely in the infancy of forming forming and solidifying structures that protect children from abuse and also that once abuse happens that we have a procedure that we can follow that is um, not going to be prohibitive to anybody or, or land them in a secondary traumatization.
1: So when you talk about we're in the we are in the beginning phases is there at the moment a procedure that we as a community know that if this happens this is step one, two, three, and four, and it'll ultimately land in a prosecution, maybe.
0: Well, Jewish Community Services, which is um, a subsidiary of the Heber Kedisha, are the statutory body that one is obligated to report abuse to, and they would then follow their own protocols regarding what happens when someone is abused.
1: And do you think this is enough?
0: I think it's certainly the beginning. I wouldn't say it is enough. I think that people need more accessible service and more um, user-friendly service. And I think that if we have that, people are more likely to report. Because we have, we have
1: in a way, very limited Jewish schools and our community is small. Surely to educate our community about it is not too difficult a job.
0: Well, like any difficult subject, people don't want to talk about abuse so readily. And I, I have to say I've seen a huge shift in the leadership in this community in terms of principles and rabbis, etc., who are now much more willing to talk about abuse and to acknowledge that actually it does happen mm-hmm. right under our noses. But um, – not everyone's prepared to give you the scope of well, what are you allowed to talk about? are you allowed to talk about sexuality with children mm-hmm. are you allowed to talk about body part names and once you start limiting and um sort of screening what you're able to teach children they they be, you know they there's a problem. a problem
1: and the 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 recent ruling of the Frankel Eight, has that helped society talk more about abuse within
0: I think it certainly will because we have a very big history of um you know people have the idea that if you're abused and you come forward and report, the natural process that will happen is that the, the person who has abused you will be prosecuted and punished. Mm. And very, very rarely does that actually mm-hmm. happen. And actually what happens is people like to distance themselves from the victim in order to, you know, as a means of saying, well, it couldn't have happened to me. And the victim becomes the the person who's vilified. And we, we saw that so clearly with with um, a lot of the rape cases that are prominent in, in our country. But I think that this ruling um, with Sidney Frankel will certainly go a long way towards people coming out later on with, with abuse stories. It's quite,
1: a, it's quite a heavy topic, Sherry. You went on the Nahum Goldman with the aim of trying to understand what is happening with other communities. To what extent are these are the communities dealing with it as readily as you are and would like to see?
0: I think we're sort of in line with where people are at around the world, that people are still, they're wanting to talk about it. They're not just ready yet. And um, it, it, it's people are proceeding with caution, but they would like to proceed. And I think what was amazing for me about the Nachum Golden Fellowship was that I see a lot of the dark side of the community most often. And this was such an inspiring opportunity to see the positive things that people are doing in their communities, not just in relation to abuse. And I, I also work for the Jewish Women's Benevolence Society, and I think that it was so wonderful for me to see how charities are changing their focus to more of an empowerment. How do we empower our communities instead of just dish out to communities? Um, and how do we give the children our children the opportunity to give? Because that is how we develop empathy in children, is to give them the opportunity to, to give to others.
1: Sherry, we're going to take a, a slight break here. And when we come back, we're going to explore more fully some of the things that happened on Nahum Goldman.
0: Jewish Board Talk with Sherry Zaffert.
1: I am talking to Dr. Sherry Hansen, who has just returned from Israel, um, having attended the prestigious Nahum Goldman uh, Fellowship week, week.
0: Where in Israel was it? It was ho- hosted in the Kinneret, which is. Quite away from everything else, and I think purposely so, the most beautiful setting, but really away from the big city, so that we could focus intensely on what we were there to actually do, to look at issues of Jewish identity, um, of Zionism, of, of negotiation, of conversation. It was really... An amazing opportunity Which countries are represented there? You don't have to mention all of them it but just really, diverse <laughs> I think from every single continent There was someone in, From India to Russia to Germany To Colombia to Peru There was there were people from really all over the place And what uh, language do you communicate in? Um, English was the predominant language And there was a little bit of Hebrew mixed in between And I think I came back with a couple of Spanish words <laughs> uh, From what I understand from previous
1: participants Is it's an extremely intense program did you
0: find it that it really was an intense program we were busy from the time we got up at six in the morning wow. and often we would go to bed after one or two o'clock in the morning because there was just so much conversation to be had and the types of conversations that you had we spoke about our communities we spoke about the challenges that we have in our various communities the type of anti-semitism that we face Um, Something that really stood out for me is that as a South African, a lot of us feel very anxious about, obviously, about what's going to be happening in the country and where will we go if something does happen and we we can't stay here anymore. And that is not a, a phenomenon that is particular to South Africa alone, that everyone that was at this program Seem to want to have a second passport, so that should they go out. And I, I wondered if that was a legacy, such a strong legacy from the Holocaust.
1: Uh, are you talking about Eastern European countries here, or are you talking about Western European countries, America? Um, so it it was really
0: Americans and really? South Americans. Is it because of
1: Trump? Do you think or no? No, I think,
0: <laughs> I, think I think I think a few reasons. Uh, some of the people would like to travel more freely okay. through Europe, and very interestingly. A lot of the grandparents who have passports for Poland, Lithuania, the countries they had to flee from, are horrified that their grandchildren would possibly want to have citizenship Mm. um, or passports from these countries that tortured and terrorized and killed them. And for our generation, it feels like a free ticket. (laughs) And isn't that just a paradox and an irony? And you're kept busy kind of early in the morning. Was it mainly discussions? It was a lot of discussion. Um, we Is it facilitated? Stopped. Yes, it's always facilitated with outstanding facilitators, um, experts in their field. We had outstanding workshops on negotiating. Um, how do we reset the table with negotiation? Um, difficult topics like political differences. And I think something that I felt in South Africa, we are really driven by fear in terms of our religion and in terms of our philosophy, that we are very fear-based and we are scared to talk to people who are slightly different in case something may happen, that we may change. And I think that it is vital as a community that we learn to have open communication, that we can talk to each other without fear.
1: You're talking about uh, Jewish South Africans talking further to our own community, meaning we should do more school, Jewish day school, other school kind of meaningful interactions or what kind of conversations do you mean?
0: I think we have a lot of of that kind of thing that we're really good at doing outreach work as a community. But what I think we're not so good at is doing the in- inside work that we're not a homogenous group we're very different the Jewish community is made up of different types of Jews and we don't communicate with each other
1: so you're saying this is an internal lack of communication that yes
0: we, or do you think we are intolerant of each other very intolerant of each other I think there's a lot of judgmental stuff that goes on and I think that that exclusivity often leads people to leave the community
1: really I mean you know when uh, having worked with the Jewish community, I'm amazed at the diversity of it. Um, Equally, um, um, I don't know, you know, we we do seem to pull together when times are tough.
0: Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Do do times have to be tough for us to pull together though? Can we not just have conversations?
1: Um, We can, but I mean, again, we have, very limited resources, not resources, schools, for example. You're either at, you know, one of five, you're either probably one of four or five Jewish day schools or you're at a government school. But we, we, I feel like we all know each other. Am I wrong?
0: I think you might be. <laughs> and how would you encourage people to talk more? I think that when we have crises in our community and we do around issues like abuse welfare I think a lot of people are very unaware of what the actual state of Jewish welfare is in this country that there are lots of people who are really struggling to put a meal on the table to clothe their children or to send them to school That is the kind of tough time Mm -hmm. where we need to pull together. We need to look at our resources. I don't think that our welfare organizations communicate effectively enough amongst each other, and that results in duplication of services and waste of resources. And I think that if we did that more um, clearly and we all had a good idea of what, what kind of welfare needs we're actually working with within the community, we would be a lot more effective in our delivery
1: and is this an insight that you got from Nakhon and Golden, or is this an insight with which you went and could discuss freely among,
0: in a safe space? I think issues are similar around the world in terms of welfare. Mm-hmm. But um, we are a small community and we seem to be getting smaller. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we need to preserve our, our resources as much as we can. Sherry, I've completely
1: and thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you. Uh, do you have any contact details that you'd like to get, um, give out that, If anybody would like to further this conversation with you or if they have issues around child or women abuse that they'd like to contact you, would you be comfortable with that?
0: I have an email address that I'm happy to give out. Yes. It's davimes, D-A-V-I-M-E-S, at icon.co.za. Well, thank you very much for joining me.
1: I can definitely see why you were one of the very few chosen to go on the Nehom Goldman. And thank you for coming and sharing your experiences.